It's time to dive a little deeper into life, love, and the pursuit of healing in season three of the Lindsay Morgan Snyder podcast. Welcome back. This season, our beloved Lindsay, who, let's be honest, barely knows anything about Hollywood, sits down with more of her friends who happen to influence culture right in the center of it all. Isn't God funny? In this season, you will hear real stories of raw struggles, of how artists of culture learn to overcome, recover, and transform from the inside out so that they can truly help God transform the world in and through media. As humans, we are all on a journey of creative redemption in Christ Jesus, healing the inner areas of our souls so that we can create to inspire the culture around us. Plus, let's be honest, finding out that God is more fun than we think really helps us to create stories of strength. And now, let's get the show on the road. Here's your host, Lindsay Morgan, for more on how this all works out in real life. Hey guys, we're so glad to be back with you this week and I am really excited because I have a new guest on. We're going to do guests like every other week this season. So this uh, special day, I have my sweet friend Melissa Johnson who, y'all, I can't even wait. Like, this girl's story is, like, next level, okay? So not only is she darling, like, going to be a Disney princess is, like, absolutely my prayer and belief, but she's brilliant, y'all. She is brilliant. Like, Ivy League, like, I mean, next level. I just am, like, a little blown away by this little thing. She's so darling. So... Um, yeah, we're going to get into it here. We're going to just talk about story. We're going to talk about, um, yeah, film. We're going to talk a little bit about pain and healing and how God woos us back. So anyway, just want to introduce my sweet friend, Melissa. Thanks for being here, girl. <laughs> it's my pleasure. You're so cute. I've already talked your ear off for an hour before this. So oh <laughs> I told you I would love hanging out with you. I know we are. We're having so much fun. We're having so much fun. But but Melissa, she does have an amazing story. A lot of people here in LA, you know, they're super, super creative, which is so, so fun. And you guys have heard a lot of those people's stories on this um this podcast. But but Melissa has this like deep intellect and, <laughs> and she's just like brilliant. And I think that's so fun. So I'm excited just to talk more um about that. But let's just start kinda from from when you were young and how you told me about how Grams took you to the library and like oh your gosh. love of story and your love of books and that's so funny because like I literally can still picture like everything about it in my head that day. I remember my first library card. The first book I checked out was um, Nancy Drew, the like little sister series. So I was literally like five or six. Yeah. Um, my grandma is a voracious reader, and actually. A lot of people in my family are. Yeah. Um, but my grandma and I have the same taste in books. So, like, literally since I was five, we were, like, getting books together. And, like, that was, like, a special treat for me. I love um, that. I grew up in a really small town. Like, so it was just, like, the library on the hill. It was probably, like, the size of most apartments here in L.A. Like, it was very small. Yeah, the library was. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, that's when I started, like, I would check out, like, five, six books at a time and, like, read them in a week and then, like, go back every weekend. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, it was just, like, do you know those people in your lives are, like, you can just, like, sit in silence with them and it's, like, very comfortable? Yeah. Like, that's me and my grandmother. So, yeah. like, I would go hang out with her by, like, we would go to Barnes & Noble's, like, go around for, like, hours and pick out books and then, like, sit and read together. Aww. Like, that's how we hang out, kind of still. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's so cute. Grandmas are, like, the best. 
my grandma's my person i like, love that the one person like you're just like i can count on them like i love them like the person that you cry to like um, we even so now you can get like virtual library cards and because oh. my grandma and i have the same taste in books i actually put her on my la account so we just like share a library account where we like check out books and like both read them oh my gosh that's like the cutest thing <laughs> such and a Gra- grams is the grams is the singer right that i've heard her yes. music oh my gosh my grandmother's an amazing singer oh like, my pipes for date i literally driving over here i was listening to a song that she sings when people like ask her to sing at weddings <laughs> i was just like sort of hearing her voice in my head oh my gosh yeah. yes grims is an amazing singer yeah. oh, i know she's... she's also just like the sweetest person ever in the entire world like she god actually had to do like a lot of work for her heart because like she's like so sensitive to things she would mm. like like if an animal had been hit on the side of the road she would like pull over and pray over it oh yeah like she's just so tender-hearted <laughs> oh my gosh i love her that's so cute yeah, that's my it's mom a... sharon she's it's, the best it's good to have a praying grams that <laughs> literally that, that now explains some of the miracles in your life that you've oh told gosh, me about yes. <laughs> even like i didn't even mention like some of the like like miraculous healings that she's had in her life like oh my gosh so she um was part of like a singing group and they're like touring or whatever and there's one day where she had low blood pressure fainted fell and scratched her eye oh. and like she had to have cornea replacements like wow. now they're like fully healed like she had like stitches or whatever for a while um, there's when she had, like, something wrong with her leg, and I just remember, she's, like, the type of person who doesn't complain, like, mm. she'll just go and do. Yeah. And so I remember being, like, I don't know, 12, 14 years old, just, like, praying for her every day. Ooh. Um, and she had one day where she, like, went to, like, the clothesline in the back of the house and, like, walked back and realized that she did it without any pain. She'd just been, like, healed like that. Wow. And I was, like, gone. Like, wow. Crazy. That's so cool. And yeah. she's just, like, super close to the Lord. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I come from, like, a family of, like, pastors and ministers like yeah it's kind of like the thing yeah i don't think you can be southern and not <laughs> yeah yeah where are you from texas or virginia oh virginia oh yes. that's right which is you... below the mason dixon in case anyone is wondering if it is the south <laughs> just gonna put that out there i don't even think this is gonna show my lack of brilliance but i don't even think i knew where the mason dixon line was until i moved from ohio to atlanta oh, and not... then everyone had to tell me well i think that's just because like <laughs> Most people be like, oh, Virginia, like, even North Carolina, that's not the South. I'm like, technically. We're getting technical, not to get too scholarly, but the Mason-Dixon line is just above Maryland, which is above Virginia. This is the South. You're like, so, there you go. Okay, (laughs) all right, everyone. I'm as country as it can get. Backwoods, barefoot. I lived on, like, two acres when I was little. That's so cute. I bet my town might have been smaller. How many people in your town, Melissa? Well, so I moved to the city next to my big town. So the city, the big city, uh-huh. 70,000 people. 70? Yeah. I went. My I town. town, though. My town. I was born in a town of 300 people. Oh, <gasps> really? <laughs> okay, I was bigger than But then we, moved to the, then we moved to the big city of, like, 8,000. Oh, my gosh. I think, I think my town, the town that I grew up next to the city, was probably around then. Like, I remember, so there's, like, several small townships, and we lived in, like, a couple of them. Uh-huh. But one of them, when I was in middle school and I, like, joined the track team, we ran around the entire town at track practice. Right. Like, that's how small it was. Like, yeah. Like, literally one stoplight. Right. That's amazing. No, I'm just joking. I, I love small town friends, though, especially <laughs> all of us here in L.A. It's like, 
<laughs> the opposite of small town. But Country Mouse and City Mouse is one of my favorite shows as a kid. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so cute. Melissa knows all these, like, fun stories. Like, we walked into my home, and there was these two lions, which I love. And she she's, like, telling me about this show about In Between Two Lions. I'm like, what? So I need to see this. <laughs> I know. She's been, she's been a storyteller all her life. All her life. So you also love TV, right? Yes. When you were young? Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. My life literally revolved around the television schedule. Yeah. Like, literally, I would wake up in the morning, I would watch Archie's Weird Mysteries, and then Sailor Moon, and go to school, and then race off the school bus to catch the last 45 minutes of One Life to Live, and then watch General Hospital. Girl, and we already <laughs> talked about General Hospital. That was my fave, too. I didn't know it was now on Hulu. Yeah. I mean, you can, like, screen or stream the, like, most recent episodes on Hulu now. Wow. So you can't go back? You can only go back a couple of seasons. But, you know, I mean, it's, like, the longest-running show, like, ever or something. So I there's like it's still on. Yeah, there's, like, I think it's, like, 56, 57 seasons. Like, it's crazy. Do you have any dreams of being on a soap opera? I know you have dreams of writing uh-huh. one. <laughs> Based on my family. <laughs> I do, actually. I really want to be on a soap opera. But, like, be not cool. because of this story so much. Okay. Um, because I, I once heard an interview with Ashley Benson. Okay. Was one of the girls from Pretty Little Liars. Um, she grew up on a soap oh. opera, okay. and she said it was like the best training she could have gone for acting because they do like so much. They'll I've go through like that. ten pages in a day. Yeah. have to have it all memorized. So it's just wow. really good training. And that just, I mean, I'm a super nerd, so <laughs> I love anything where like I can prove one skills and like get better. <laughs> she calls herself a super nerd. She does. She doesn't look like one. She looks like a Disney princess, oh but she's like a super nerd inside of a Disney princess like body. I love it. This is so good. This is why this is why real stories are better than um are better than fiction all the time, all the time, all the time. Okay, so your first like kind of acting like gig was your auntie who got you involved yeah. in like the Annie thing. Tell us about that. Yeah, so it was a community theater production of Annie. Uh, um my uh, one of my mom's youngest sisters, she's been acting for like my entire life. She's 7 years older than me, I think. Okay. Um and so this was, like, her senior year of high school. I was 11. Okay. Um, and she was going to play uh, Miss Lily St. Regis in the mm. Annie production. And so she knew that I was, like, getting interested in acting. And she encouraged me to audition, like, helped mm. me with, like, getting a song and stuff. Mm. And then it kind of ended up being, like, a family thing. So I auditioned and got a part. So then my little sister. Oh. Um, then my grandmother was the rising star. Oh. Like the big song. Grams! Um, of course she was. Yeah. And then uh, while we were in rehearsals, my mom was, like, doing our hair. And then, like, all of the kids started asking my mom to do hair. So she became the hairstylist for the production. Oh. Yeah, so it's just became, like, this family thing. Um, and I... I honestly think I was in love with acting before that just because, like, any form of storytelling, like, books, yeah. TV, movies. But that was, like, the first time where I actually was, like, on a stage mm-hmm. and, like, people were, like, watching me and, like, rehearsals and stuff. And it was just so much fun, like, oh going to school and then getting off of, of the bus and, like, going to, like, a play practice. Like, it was the ideal life, honestly. Wow. Yeah. I love that. That is so, so, so precious. And then you were, like, involved in... Like, obviously, we've already established that you're super brilliant, but you were you were involved in, like, this gifted program, which allowed you oh to God, go yeah. do, like, some other productions, right? Yeah, so, ugh, it's so random. I don't even know. I think I took a test in, like, first or second grade and, like, got placed in the gifted program. Or some schools I went to, it was called the Odyssey Program. We moved a lot. Um, but there's this thing in Virginia called Governor School. Okay. I think it's actually, like funded by the state and that's why it's called governor school cool um but uh, you could like if you're the top i think 97 percentile or something you could apply to it and then they had 
like academic stuff, but like the two week program was the acting one. Okay. Um, and so I did. That was like my first like audition outside of the community theater, and I would do that every summer for like, I think fourth grade through eighth grade. Wow. Um, and that I I honestly think that's when I really fell with acting because it's wow. just like kids my own age and like it was like so low pressure because you just work on it for two weeks and then like you put together production. Um. And that's when I became comfortable in it. I was like, okay, this is my space. Like, I just love to play characters and, like, just get to be, like, fun and crazy and loud. Oh, that's something I can tell you. Like, I've always been very, like, loud, boisterous. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's just, like, an attack of the enemy on my voice, like, my entire life. People are like, Melissa, you talk too much. You ask too many questions. You're too loud. Mm. So I think acting and on stage is a space where I could just, like, you had to be loud. Like, you have to reach the back of the theater. But that's probably why I came alive so much, because I could just, like, be, like, full me. Yeah. um, While playing somebody else, I guess. Which is so sweet. Like, it's like God knew. Yeah. You know, he knew. Because you had, you had told me earlier that, like, when you were 10, someone had said to you, like, don't be vain. Yeah. Is that right? Don't be vain. And that stuck with you. And it yeah, kind of. Yeah, I still for- think about it sometimes. Uh, right. And it, like, forced you into, like, kind of a false humility. Yeah. You said, right? That really kind of stole just, your it, voice. It made me be less of who I was, I think. Right. And I, even when I was, like, operating at my best, I don't think I've even realized that until recently. Like, because, like, I was a pretty confident kid. Like, yeah. um, my faith was such that, like, I would say I was going to do things or accomplish things or whatever before I even started to try them. Like, yeah. I told people I was going to Yale before I started applying to Yale. Like, because I just knew I was going to get in. Like, amazing. Um, but even then, I don't think I was fully myself because, like, there's still this thing at the back of my mind that I was, mm-hmm. like, um, there's, like, that scripture that, like, like God doesn't elevate the boastful and the proud. Like, mm. you have to be humble to be used by God. And, mm. like, of course, I always want to be used by God. Right. <laughs> so, like, I didn't want to, like, um, try to make myself, like, more important than God or, like, feel like, I don't know, be puffed up with pride. So I think mm. at a certain point, like, I just started limiting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then it just, like, escalated. Yeah. But. No, it's so real. I love, I don't know if you listen to Chris Valentin at all. Yeah. But one of the um, features up at Bethel, but <laughs> these funny stories about and he's right you know he tells these funny stories about how like you know god like we can be as amazing as we want but we are never gonna be as amazing as god like we don't have to fear stealing god's glory like god is so glorious like we're we're great and he wants us to be great but like we could be as great as we want and we still aren't gonna reach his glory so there's no fear you know quote fear of of you know taking god's glory or whatnot and and the other i remember another story he talked about he was like in a church and i don't lord help me remember the story as wrong as podcast but it was it was something about like there was this you know they were talking about this with some different pastors and stuff and some people just weren't really understanding you know and and he said look at that art piece up there he said now, does that art piece make you, that beautiful art piece, does it make you think like, wow, that artist must have been awesome? And and I think the pastor was like, yeah. And he goes, that's the way God thinks of us. Like mm-hmm. when he sees one of his daughters or one of his sons that is just being ama- being fully who they are, being amazing and, you know, just like. Like, being fully them, whether that's on stage or behind a desk as an accountant or whatever it is, you know. Um, Like, do you think that that person being fully them and just, like, just, like, yeah, shining on stage, like, does that give the artist, wait, Lord, help me. (laughs) But does that, like, represent um, the one who created, the one who created him? 
You know, like if that person's amazing, wow, the person who created them must be amazing. Yes. Which is God. You that know? was such a freaking moment for me. I I don't know if it was like the same person, but someone framed it that same thing in a different way. Is like if we walk around like we're like lower than low and mm. like we're like the scum of the earth or like roaches or whatever, what kind of representation of the kingdom is that? Like we're literally walking representations of God. So right. first of th- we should be able to be like our full selves and like fully embodied and amazing and wonderful and like recognize that because like it's not about us, it's about him in us. Exactly. And so like we need to be like uh, fully embodying like who we are and like being okay with owning that yeah because what we're owning is like actually god and the fact that he like creates amazing things and like he's just that badass yeah i mean that great sorry (laughs) hey girl we're not like super religious up here on this podcast girl sees be you okay it's okay jesus is not scared of a little little (laughs) word here or there (laughs) i actually love it i love it um i told melissa before we started i'm like okay so part of this podcast is we don't edit it which is like the opposite of like high production of all of my guests are like used to these like high production like environments and i'm like let's just turn on the little um let's just turn on the little voice note and go because content is king so no it's so good i love it it's my favorite phrase what content is king. content is king girl it's so true content is king and queen um, okay, but then you end up at this Ivy League school. I mean, next level, hello. But you're but you're going to school to be a doctor. Yeah. Right? A neuroscientist. Oh my gosh. I just feel like I had so many like <laughs> built up ideas in my head of yeah. what I should do and what mm. I should be. Should. And like this idea that like you go to Ivy League, you've got to be a doctor or a lawyer. Like mm. that's what you do. Mm. Um and I if, I if I'm honest with myself, like I think I was a little bit intimidated also mm. away from the arts because um, I was at this weird dichotomy of like finally being in a place where I felt like I fit in and where like I finally had my people. Mm. Um, but then also just realizing that these were like really amazing people. <laughs> like some of them have like, you know, gotten like perfect scores on their SATs wow. or like, you know, probably had like, I don't know, we're going to be road scholars or mm. something like that. So I was just like, I, I think I needed to up my level. Mm. I was like, I can't, you know, be an actor, like arts. Like, oh. I need to, like, become a doctor. And I, I've always loved the mind. Sure. Um, and there's this freshman seminar that's, like, super popular and super hard to in, get into mm. um, about the brain. Mm. First day and the last day of class, I got into the seminar. Um, the first Wait, day, first day and last day of class, what? I don't know. I, was, I got into the seminar. Oh, um, okay. But the first day and last day of class, she brought in a human brain. I'm like, oh, this whole like, It was intense. <laughs> Um, but that's kind of when I like really discovered how fascinated I was with the mind and mm. the brain. And I was like, oh, I'm a neurosurgeon. Like, mm. and they make a butt ton of money. <laughs> <laughs> and money helps all of us. Literally. Because there's just, there's a huge demand for neurosurgeons, but a wow. huge deficit. Um, mm. So they actually work like 90, 100 hours a week sometimes, but they make mad money. Um, and I was like, well, I love psychology. I take an AP psychology in high school. So I was like, I'll do this. And yeah. I um, did not audition for the theater program, even wow. though Yale School of Drama is, like, arguably one of the best in the world. Um, one of my sort of biggest regrets, actually, um, Lupita Nyong'o graduated from the School of Art the same year that I graduated from undergrad. I could have met her. We could have been friends. Wait, tell me who that is. Tell us Ooh. who that is. Yes. Um, have you ever <laughs> seen Black Panther? Yeah, She's of course. She's the female lead. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Wow. She's amazing. We have mutual friends, but we're not friends. I'm, like, the nerd who, like, even on the beginning of this podcast, we kind of joke about it, but, like, I know no famous people. Like, 
I, I'm yeah. so weird. Like, you could tell me the most famous person, I'd be like, oh, I thought you meant, like, personally. What'd you, what'd you say? You mean you don't know of. I thought you meant, like, you're not, like, friends with them. And I was like, no, yeah, so many people. No, I'm saying, like, I literally don't, like, my friends make fun of me all the time. They're like, I'm like, oh, yeah, who's that? And they're like, Lindsay, you don't know who that is? I'm like, I'm so sorry. God <laughs> called me to Hollywood, but I don't know anything about it. It's kind of perfect. You it's discover kind of, things. It's kind of perfect. So I, I just asked the dumb questions for all of us. No, so. no, that was not a dumb question. So she graduated from Yale. Yale School of Drama. Okay. The year that I graduated from undergrad. So we were talking about the same graduation. Wow. Yeah, and we do wow. have a lot of mutual friends because I did have friends in some of the grad schools. Yeah. But. No well, one had any idea. <laughs> well, you're young, so there's plenty of time. So wait, you you spoke at the same graduation? Is that what oh, you no, said? Oh, no, I said we were both at the same graduation. Oh. No, I was so like, I'm... don't tell me you were like the Valedictorian of Yale. Like, who are you? Oh, my gosh. That was <laughs> that was not me. <laughs> oh, man. No, that I actually, Yale was like the first time that I ever struggled academically. Well, mm. struggled, you know. Right. Being the average is like a struggle. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, my but gosh. But I was just not that person. Right. Um. So you were so you were at Yale, but then you had like kind of a little bit of a unraveling. You called it yes, right? Oh my god, right. I, I actually remember using those exact words. Like, yeah, on the phone with my pastor. Um, I did like after like years of just like therapy and talking about it and praying about it. I yeah. I realized that like the start of it was actually in high school, my oh. junior year of high school. Um, when my sister started having seizures and it was like out of nowhere, like wow. no history of anything. Actually, that's not true. I realized. Something happened when we were 12 where she, like, fainted, which I now know was, like, a seizure. I, like, wow. prayed over her. Wow. Um, people tell me about that story. I didn't remember it. That was just, like, my go-to because, wow. like, God is king. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, so when my sister first got sick and I naturally, like, pray for healing for her. Of course. Um, but that was, like, probably the first time ever in my life that I prayed for something and, like, God didn't, like, immediately come through. Wow. Um, and that really, like, shook up my world. Like, yeah. I didn't even know how much until, like, way later. Um, but I think that's when, like, the unraveling started. Yeah. Um, and I started really, like, feeling it, like, probably, like, second semester, freshman year into, like, sophomore year. Like, mm. I, I literally, I just, I, I could feel in the spirit, like, myself just, like, going like this. Just, mm-hmm. like, unraveling, like, like, a ribbon on a stick. Yeah. Um, Been there. But I didn't know why. Yeah. And so it was just, like, me praying and asking and, like, you know, reading the word. And, like, I was involved at, like, the Christian group on campus, like, the worship band. Like, I was doing all the things. Yeah. You know, like, oh, like, I know, girl. You're, you're told, like, do this, you know. Like, do this and get it'll you fix into it. Heaven. Yeah. yeah, I've tried that at a Lord have mercy. Oh, my gosh. Have you um, heard the song <laughs> Broken Prayers? No. Oh, my God. It's I one of my favorite by Riley Clitmans. Um, But one of the lines, it's like, we do all these good things, like, being okay is the way to reach you. Wow. And I was like, kind of, like, mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I didn't feel good at all. Like, I was falling into pr- depression and didn't, like, know it. Right. But I was just like, you yeah, know, God, 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 God. Like, trying to, like, do all the good things, like, get myself in line. I know, um, me too. Yeah, like but... declare your way out of it. That's yeah. what I've tried to do recently. Or I'm good like, works your way out of right. it. Right. I'm like, I'm just going to declare my way out of it, you know? And then I'm having, like, a breakdown on the street, yeah. you know? It's like, I don't know, this isn't working. Well, because that's kind of what they tell you, right? It's like, you, whatever you meditate on, like, whatever you put your attention on, like, that's the thing. I think that's sort of discounting the process sometimes. Amen, girl. Um, Keep preaching. Because it's something that I realized, which I didn't mention earlier, it's like... I needed that unraveling and I didn't know it. Yeah. Because it's like it's like the the, the clay on the potter's wheel. You know mm. how whenever there's an imperfection, the potter has to start over? Mm. Like I think with like the trauma and things that I went through in my past, 
because I was so good at compartmentalizing, I was building over these things. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that I needed to, like, there were some things I needed to break apart so that I could fix those things. Yes. Um, wow. There's even, oh, I just remember, because I've always been, like, just, like, a visual person. Mm. And I d- did not realize at the time how powerful my visualizations were. Wow. Um, and so I remember being, like, 11 or 12 and sitting in my living room and, like, something awful had happened and I visualized myself going into a house Mm. going into the basement Mm. digging a hole in the basement putting that thing in a box and burying it Mm. and forgetting literally all about it yeah and then I just like spent part of the time in the unraveling literally just like digging that thing up to be able to deal with it yeah um human mind is a really powerful thing it's so powerful oh yeah so you ended up getting a degree from Yale in psychology Yes. Which is cool. Yeah. I mean, I think that's going to so help you in your writing. It's like, yeah, I was that's also like, brilliant. I'm going to do a science thing still. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but I mean, I like after, so junior year, I like tried to commit suicide. Okay. I was like rock bottom. Right. I was unsuccessful, wow. really enough. And then I was like, you, you know what? Like, I've literally tried everything I can. Yeah. So I'm just going to stop doing the things that I feel like I should be doing mm. or need to be doing or people are expecting of me yeah. and do what I want. Yeah. So I literally added a second major, second semester of junior year. Nice. Like, which to most people I think would be a crazy thing. Right. Because um, two majors is a lot of work. Um, but yeah, then I added art because I'd always been in love with photography. I'd taken a lot of classes in it anyways. And I decided that I was going, I literally decided like that day when I added the major, I was going to graduate and move to LA and pursue acting. Because I was like, I'm done. I'm done with the expectations. Like, I've literally, like, hit rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do all the things. I love that. I know. That's crazy. I mean, I don't love that you went through that, obviously. But it's interesting that, like, rock bottom is then where we can start to, like, rise up. and like kind of transformative. It is transformative. It's so, like, I keep thinking I hit it and then I hit another one. But... (laughs) No, I guess I just got to the bottom. But I think yeah. I've There's actually got bottoms. to the bottom. <laughs> exactly. But but so then that's when you decided, like, I'm not going to live in the shoulds, which is so yeah. powerful. And you're like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm going to move to L.A. Literally and be an actress. <gasps> it's so cool. And then, yeah. wait, so you don't only have two degrees from Yale. You have two master's degrees. I do. Okay, so... <laughs> So technically, so Yale, I only have one paper degree because Yale won't give you both degrees even if you, but I completed both programs. Gotcha. Um, So I say I have two because I did it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and then after I moved, so after college in my rock bottom, I actually went back to my hometown. Oh yeah. Worked at a convenience store. store. I can't believe that. With people being like, you went to Yale? What are you doing here? What are you applying here? Like blah, blah, blah. Like all the things. And I was just like, my my literal mantra in life would just keep going. Mm -hmm. Like I let people say the things. Like I let them make assumptions. I didn't even laugh it off. I just kind of was like, yeah, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. Um, And so I was just saving up money so that I could move. And one of my really good friends from college who lived in LA, she called me up and she was like, I feel like God is saying you should move in with me and my mom. Wow. And I was like, okay, bet. <laughs> I mean, obviously it was really grateful because like that was kind of like the thing. It's like I'd never been west of Tennessee before I moved out here. Wow, cool. Um, and so I literally like packed up my car. 
I like paid some friends to drive my car across country. I took my family out to dinner because I was like, this is it. I'm gone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I flew out here like a couple months later. Like I think that was in like a July and I was out here by September. Wow. Yeah. And that was like seven years ago. <laughs> That's so amazing. And then when you first got out here, God gave you just a really cool opportunity, right? Oh my gosh. Just to kind of confirm. so fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that story. It's kind of crazy because like our relationship was still pretty tumultuous. Like, yeah, you like, and God's relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Because you had just been. You yeah, just hit rock bottom. Literally. And, like, a lot of it had to do with church hurts or that because, like, blaming God for it, even though it was, like, some human things. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. But, like, I was kind of, of of the opinion of, like, uh, God, I don't like you, but I love you. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, you know what I mean? I love real talk, girl. This is real talk. I love it. Um, I, I call that my teen, like, like my angsty teen phase. You know uh-huh. how, like, teens will act out. You know, deep down they love you, but they'll still tell you they hate you. Yes. yes. Um, and, like, really mean it in the moment. Uh, so it was kind of that, but, like. I was that. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's, like, even in the midst of that, like, parents are still, like, you, they're going through a phase. Yeah. Like, you're still, you, you still get presents at Christmas. You know, right, like. Right. So God was so like loving me like the god that he is you know yeah. um mm-hmm. and this it actually kind of happened through my first apartment which i found on craigslist which i don't recommend <laughs> <laughs> but, god works through anything you know it actually turned out to be really good like the two girls that i moved in with are really nice um but the guy whose bedroom i took over okay it was like a filmmaker mm-hmm. and he had knew through like the interview to get the apartment that i was an actor and so he called me up one day and he was like, hey, I'm doing this like commercial for a contest. Like, I mean, it doesn't pay anything, but like, I know you're an actress. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yes, <laughs> like, because I didn't care. I just wanted to act. Um, and so I did the commercial. He ended up winning the contest. Um, it was a Slim Fast commercial. <laughs> Slim Fast bought the commercial from him, paid us as like, uh, it was me and like two other girls, paid us as like lead actors. I got like $8,000 and amazing. then they taft heart me into the union, which means like, like usually to get in like the SAG after union, you have to, um work on at least three SAG projects and like you have these vouchers and you apply or whatever um but then there's like a loophole that some productions can do if they are a union production mm. they can like do all this paperwork so that you can become eligible to join the union wow and so they did that for me and that was literally like within a year of me moving to LA which is like only God right it's insane like yeah. I know people who have been in LA for like five six years and still haven't gotten enough vouchers to like join the union like yeah that was a God thing. For that sure. is so God. Just so him confirming, crazy. like, come yeah. on. Oh my gosh, I just love that. That's so cool. So wait, then when did you go back to school? Because I know you went back. So to school. it was actually like the year after that. Okay, year um, after that. Okay, great. So like, I kind of got sidetracked with boys and things. Yes, here we all get sidetracked with boys. Girl, and things. I might need like a little bit of a hoe phase. <laughs> In my angsty teen years, I had a little bit of that. Real talk here on the Lindsay Morgan podcast. I love it. Um, but I mean, it was ultimately good because it was like I was out of place and then I needed to like be wooed back to God. And like, yeah. also just, I was operating at like 30% of who I was. Yeah. Even though I was still pursuing things, it wasn't necessarily out of faith, but out of resilience. Mm. It was kind of a weird thing to say, but it was just like, mm. I mean, it was almost like an unspoken challenge to God. It was mm. like, if I keep showing up, will you? Yeah. Kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and he's not afraid of that stuff. He's not. not that's what I love. Like, I know. Okay. I've always been, like, really bold on the way that I talked and interacted with God. Yeah, um, Since I was, like, a small kid. Yeah. Um, and then there was, like, a time when I was, like, like 16 or so, sort of around the beginning of the unraveling, where, like, people were, like, calling me out on it. Hmm. Like, people, like, in authority who, like, I really respected. Uh-huh. And I think that sort of, like, it was part of the unraveling because I lost like my authority as a child of god like because hmm. like in my mind i was like i'm a child of god okay this is gonna happen we're gonna make this work 
this was a core belief of my life. Yeah. Honestly. Um, but when this specific thing happened, I was like told that I was not being humble. Mm. Um, and of course me, like going back to that thing, I don't want to be vain. Like, I don't want to step out of place. Like, I think that just reinforced that idea. Like before it was like just something at the back of my mind, but now it was like to the forefront. And I was like, oh my God, I've, I've stepped out of place. Mm. And that is actually what caused me to step out of place. Mm. Like before it was like fully operating as like my identity as a child of God, a child of like the King of Kings. Yeah. Um, but in that moment I stepped out of my place and just became like the lower than low, like, oh my God, I'm just like a servant of the Lord. Yeah. And I, I honestly think that is one of the things that really contributed to the unraveling. Mm. Um, and so after... Because it was like shaking your identity. Like your true identity it was is the child doing my God. identity. Yeah. Like not even... Like I think the like whole vein thing shook it. Yeah. But I think in, in, in that moment, like in the second moment, it made me um, disclaim my identity. It was mm. like, oh, this is not me. Because like I felt that I was being told that that was not being honoring to God. Mm. And, like, I mean, like I said, like, the core scripture of my life is, like, when my father and mother forsake me, God will take me up. Like, God was, like, my ultimate, like, yeah. the majority of my life. Sure. It's, so like, the thought that, like, something I was doing or the way that I was living my life was, like, dishonoring to God, like, that just, like, undid me. Like, yeah. no, 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 I will step back. I'm sorry. Like, oh, my God. Um, wow. And it, it, it was said by someone who, like, I, like, looked up to, like, the most. Wow. So, like, anything that that person, like, ever said to me, like, I just believed it because, like, you know, they were, yeah. like, my hero, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I think that it just took a long time. Oh, yeah, because, like, when I got to L.A., I was still sort of operating in that lesser than, like, yeah. over the from, from, like, junior year of high school to junior year of college when I did try to commit suicide, like, I was just becoming less and less and less and less, less of myself yeah. until I did hit that rock bottom. So then, like, moving to L.A., I was just becoming more and more and more of myself. Yeah. It's really nice. It's really awesome. And, like, yeah. God and, like, his kindness was still, like, just doing these amazing things for me, like, trying to be, like, no, no, daughter, it's okay. Like, you're okay. Yeah, you hate me. It's fine. Yeah, I saw your whole face. Like, whatever. Like, we're just going to keep going, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but even though, like, just, like, to own my part in it, I think, like, that key thing was just, like, keeping that mantra. Like, just keep going. Mm-hmm. Just keep showing up. Like, yep. I was still going to church when I wasn't even sure that, like, God actually loved me. Yeah. Like, but I just, I still went. And I, half the time, didn't even know why I was going. Mm. Like, I would sometimes just, like, sit... <laughs> Evergreen people probably remember this. Like, <laughs> so Melissa and I go to the same church here in Los Angeles called Evergreen. She just said Evergreen people might remember yeah. this. Well, no, because I just like I would. It was like, like a like a glitch, like a flickering mm. in and out of like who I was. Mm. Like sometimes I could be the life of the party, and people mm. like oh Melissa, and then sometimes I would just go, but then just like stand in a corner alone mm-hmm. or like hide in the kitchen tommy knows <laughs> back when we had services and stuff in their house yeah just just to show up just because yeah. like i felt like it doesn't matter what you feel like you need to keep going yeah so i just kept going and i just kept doing um and that's sort of what led me to my first master's program i was mm. like well i i've been like a writer my whole life like this is one of my things even though i was struggling with it again at that time um and I'm a super nerd, so I was like, if you want to do a thing, you need cute to learn. Cute nerd. She's a cute nerd. <laughs> well, thanks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mind being a nerd. It's fun. Um, it is fun. But, uh, yeah, so it's just like, I, I, I want to make movies. Mm. I want to make TV shows, so mm. I'm going to learn. And so I did my first master's program in creative writing, mm-hmm. um, specifically screenwriting. Uh, that program was pretty good. I mean, it was also kind of a cop-out because I just wanted to go back to school because for me, school is always equaled safety. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, even in grade school, I would stay after school and help teachers grade stuff because, like, I didn't want to go home. Right. So, like, I was just, I don't know, school's always a safe place for me. 
Um, but I, it's also really instructive and I learned a lot and I learned a bunch of different types of writing outside of screenwriting, like wow. copy and like writing for ads and stuff. Oh, I didn't tell you this story. Tell me, girl. I love okay. these stories. So one of my, um, this is another God thing. Uh, one of my assignments for, um, that first master's program was to do a, uh, like a photo story. Mm. And if you want to do extra credit, you could just like shoot it. Mm. Um. And so I just found a random ballet bar company and, like, did an ad for it and, like, created a fake bar and shot it. Um, and a, just put it up a on... A fake what? A fake ballet bar. With, okay. I, I used PVC pipes. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I just, like, created a fake bar and, like, did my, like, little commercial or whatever. Um, so cute. And posted it on YouTube so that it could, like, be shown in class. Well, the CEO of that actual company saw my commercial. No emailed me and was like if we send you one of our bars will you like reshoot this for us and i was like yeah it's a 500 ballet bar i still have it um so they sent me the bar i reshot the commercial and they featured both commercials on their blog and on their website for like a while oh my gosh nuts. that's so, so crazy but it's just i mean like there was like small like glimmer of hope moments like, yeah yeah he was showing you like keep going yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i so know that was just Keep going. Just keep going. going. Just keep going. And I love what you said about church. Like, I mean, I've even had a season like that recently. You know, it's like, gosh, everyone at my new church, they probably think I'm a lunatic, you know, because I'm either like in the front row, ah, you know, (laughs) singing to God, or I'm like so angry. Like, I'm sitting in the back. Like, I don't want to talk to you. I think you even come up to me, Melissa, and you've been like, hi. And I'm just like, I can't even, you know, like I just can't function. And it's like, I feel like a lunatic. But I think it was similar. You know, I was in such just like a rough place that, it was like I was just showing up, yeah. even though, and I, I do love God, and of course I love God, but like I just was like angry, yeah. I was upset, I was hurt, you know, whatever. He was just healing some more stuff, so it was coming up, it wasn't pretty, yeah. and I couldn't be myself, and so I just was like, it's better if I don't talk to people rather than possibly open my mouth right now. Oh my gosh, we'll have to fake it. <laughs> oh no, yeah. I faked, I faked gosh, things I for a long so time. so many facades, I could be a castle. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not even getting so many facades I could be a castle that's kind of amazing that's gonna help you in your character development oh, yeah. right? oh my gosh <laughs> the lifetime story of my life yeah exactly there's so many <laughs> stories gonna come out of this girl yeah we were talking like I'm like okay I can't wait like in like five or ten years I'm gonna be like I knew her when like she I mean y'all like you're you're this girl she's gonna be a legend I actually don't often say that but I really kind of believe <laughs> so it sweet. so it's true girl it's true so, okay, so now let's talk a little bit about, so then you went to another program, which yeah. I just adore you, um, and learned, like, film and media, and in that program is when you did this film. So yes. It's, like, coming to these film festivals oh right now, which is, like, so exciting. Yeah. Honestly, that program was probably, like, oh, I don't use that analogy. That feels unkind. It was, like, not <laughs> a great experience. Um, I, I literally, so it was a, almost a two-year program. And I almost quit a month before the end, like mm. a month before I was supposed to have my last class. Um, and there was another day where we had like a meetup, uh, like a church thing, and I was really angsty. I was by the fire alone. Mm-hmm. And Jack comes up to me and he's like, what's wrong? And I like sort of tell him and I'm like stressed about money. And he's literally like, if I loan you the money for rent for this month, will you finish this program? Like wow. without Jack, I would not have finished it. Wow. Um, Jack. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Jack. I love you. <laughs> um, and it was that month that I met this like producer friend who mm-hmm. is an Emmy Award winning producer who did the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, which okay. if you know me, you know, I'm like obsessed with this series. Okay. I'm um, going to watch it, you guys. The Lizzie Bennett 
Diaries, she said. I haven't watched it. Oh, it's so good. It's on YouTube. It won Emmys because it was, like, the first of its kind. It's, like, a first-person vlog adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, which is one of my favorite books. Me, too. Um, One of my favorite movies, Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, I I literally think that I did that entire program just to meet this one person. Wow. Like, it was three years ago. We're still friends. She's sort of, like, a mentor to me. Um, And I honestly think we're going to make some things together one day (laughs) after COVID looking forward to that yeah Yeah, um so cool but yeah so i um my thesis project or whatever was this story called yearning for santorini Mm. um i got the title first because i really want to go to santorini greece uh but it ended up being actually a really healing process i didn't tell you this like Mm -mm. writing it um so this person who like uh was like a authority figure in my life and who i really look up to I, like, realized that there are some things that were said, and unintentionally. Sure. They were, like, really hurtful. And then also, when I moved out here, we kind of became estranged. Mm. I was like, oh, you don't care about me. We don't talk anymore. Like, and, and that was, like, the one person that I felt like I could really count on. Um, and then writing this story, which is about a young foster girl who's, like, aging out of the system. Mm. Um, and just before her 18th birthday, she receives her birth mother's childhood diary in the mail. Wow. Um, and then so she's just, like, struggling with this idea of, like, relationship and identity and like her foster mother and her are really close but then this is like her birth mother who she hasn't seen in forever and like this idea of like being wanted and like and so I was unknowingly like working through these issues like wow. subconsciously cool. um it, while writing it and then also while shooting it because I wrote it directed it and starred in it wow do not recommend it's a lot of hard work <laughs> yeah so it was just like it was really cathartic and I didn't even realize wow. it like I think it was like also a huge part of like just the healing process of me with god and me with like authority figures like Mm -hmm. god being a huge one um but i didn't actually finish it until like a month ago even though i shot it three years ago yeah um because then i also ended up editing it myself so it was just like such a i was in everything that's that's so cool but you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of like how the best business owners are the ones that have like done every job Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like when when I don't know you just hear that a lot in business you know where it's like someone I just think of the guy who like owned Chick-fil-a or whatever you know what I mean like like they just they they started at the beginning and they ended up learning every job and then later when they were the big CEO the big boss like they they were just really great at leading because they knew every ounce Mm -hmm. of it so I just feel that when you say that about this this first film (laughs) you know that like that's gonna be so like vital to the rest of your career well it's also it taught me and which was reinforced with the short film that I did this summer that I need to stop taking my own excuses Mm. because like one of the big things I feel like um or like the big sort of pitfalls that we can fall into as creators in LA it's like you're like well I need my people first I need someone to help me do this and help me do that and like blah 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 and then like I did this short film in quarantine where like the director the DP everybody was on zoom Mm. and I had to set up the lights I did the Mm. set deck I did my own like costume and had to learn all my lines and like act yeah um set the camera and everything and I was like I literally basically just didn't did an entire movie by myself wow and I've been saying this entire time I haven't done things because I don't have my people like Mm. I don't have people like labor with me and I'm like that's just an excuse now you realize that I I sort of like first learned that with like that first film because I tried to find like people to do other things for me and it was just not happening I was like if you want it to get done, you got to get done. Yeah. And there's just some, I just think that's so powerful because you're just going to grow from here. 
You know what I mean? So, like, yes, you've done that once, and, like, now you know what you want in a lighting person or a DP. Yes. And, again, here's Lindsay that doesn't know a lot about Hollywood. But, you know, now you you know, like, okay, I want someone who does this. I, I think it's actually brilliant strategy of God. You oh, know? He's so good. The <laughs> he's master chess player. He's a master, yeah, he's a master filmmaker, chess player, story. Yeah, he's just, like, he's amazing. I mean, it doesn't always mean it's easy, but he's yeah. really smart. He knows what he's doing. He, he knows. He knows how to set it all up, you know. That's so amazing. So okay, so it's fil- it's um premiering at the Yale in Hollywood Film Festival. Yes, right? Yale. Like this one. is so cool. Are you gonna talk? I mean, I kind of want to know about this. Like, can I go to yeah. it? Yeah. So it's gonna be virtual because oh, of right. the quarantine. Um, Hello, but I see. like kind of stumbled myself into like two board positions. Mm. On- this year, actually. Um, so I'm a chair, a person on the Yale and Hollywood board, which yeah. is like a, a alumni organization so cool. um, here. And then also the Yale Black Alumni Association of LA. So um, cool. And so we what just... What is that EOL? Is that what you said? Oh, Yale Black Hollywood of LA. Wow. The, the Los Angeles chapter of the Yale Black Alumni Association. Wow. Um, that was an accident. But I love them. Um, but Hashtag yeah. Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> well, I joined because, like, I, I don't know if you've ever talked about this, but mentorship is just, like, a really big thing on my heart. Yeah. Um, and part of, like, my entrance into Yale and Hollywood, we used to have a mentorship program. And mm. I got paired with, like, an actress who's really awesome. Mm. Um, and then it kind of fell apart. And so um, the talent chair had asked me to help out because I love helping people. I'm a two. Um, <laughs> two on the Instagram. Two wing three. Um, and so I was like in on the meeting, and the, and I was like, "What happened to like the mentorship program?" And they're like, "Oh, we don't have it anymore. You can restart it." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And so <laughs> like, here we go. Right. So I'm on the board, and then the um, the virtual chair or festival chair. I don't know his exact name. Sorry, Quentin. Um, decided to do a film festival for this year, and I was like, "Oh well." I'm finally about to finish my short film that I shot three years ago. And he's like, okay, we'll make you the features programmer. And then you could uh, submit your short. Um, and it was, like, judged like everybody else's. Like, they had to decide it was, like, good enough. I wasn't just, like, de facto in, I promise. Um, but so that premieres on Thursday. So wow. this will be the first time that most people will see my short wow, film. Wow, Melissa! It's kind of nerve-wracking. I mean, my writer's group has seen it because they, like, were with me when I, like, wrote it. But... Wow, so is this something, like, you want people to, to go watch? Yeah, okay, I, mean, I mean, the festival's a, free, which the is The dumbest awesome. question, but... Well, what we'll do, then, is we'll put a link to whatever you want, like, underneath oh, the, the podcast. Because this is coming out today. Oh, it's, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, you are fast. <laughs> now everyone, now everyone knows. Hey, look, you, you do movies by yourself, I do podcasts yes, by myself. and you're back. so good at it. <laughs> No, that's pretty. I mean, so it's gonna premiere at that one, and then wow. I just in two I, days. Okay, um, it's actually gonna then play at another film festival the next day. Wow. Um, I was on Instagram, and I've been following this one film festival because a movie that I worked on last summer is gonna be at it, and I just felt like I should ask if I could like submit mm. past the deadline. Mm. They still let me, um, and they liked He's it, and smart. so yeah, it's gonna be in two film festivals at once, which is kind of crazy. I just finished it a month ago, so Jesus, so grateful. I'm excited. <laughs> this is so 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 cool. I'm just like pumped about this. This is so fun. I'm trying to think what else. What other stories were we talking about? Like. Oh my gosh. I know, girl. I'm just like looking over. Oh, I know. So you've done a ton of stuff 
um, like in in Hollywood, like in TV and stuff. You were on one of my favorite shows. Am I allowed to say which one? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I'm in the back. I'm a professional background artist. She's a professional so. background artist. Well, also I'm a stand-in now, so I'm not on TV as much. But what's a perf- what's a stand-in? So um, there's sort of like a step in between background and like your main cast. And okay, they're the people that like are for lighting and like camera framing and stuff but it varies between the types of tv or film okay so there's two types single cam and multi-cam so in a single cam show or tv um tv or a film stand-ins literally just like stand there they're like they're there and then like the people light them and like set up the camera and stuff um but i mostly do multi-cam okay and so we call it second team theater stand-ins are second teams you actually get to do all the acting that the actor that you're standing in for wow yeah so it's great exposure lots of fun you're like part of the crew so like i don't know i have fun with it i just finished up a netflix show actually which is going to be coming out next year wow really excited about it It's, it's really well written it's called the upshaws check it out Upshaws, check it out. It's yeah. So cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's like my day job. Is, this is her day job. <laughs> I love it. That's so cool. Yeah, she's been on all kinds of shows like NCIS, hashtag my favorite. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and we were talking, oh and then gosh. Vice, Good Place. You said Blackish. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all any the things. Of, all the things. There's probably so many more, but that's like so fun. Oh, and then the Mad About You, like little <gasps> oh my gift gosh. from Jesus. Tell yes. us about that story. I rarely fangirl. I know. I've, I've been I doing um, background work and on sets pretty much since I moved to LA. So I'm like two feet away from a celebrity, like constantly. Right. Um, But with the like reboot season that came up all of the new shows coming back like mad about you was one of my favorite shows as a kid yeah should not have been in retrospect it's a mature <laughs> show i know sometimes you watch it i know i told you i was watching a show and i was like oh my word i yeah. can't believe i used to love this show i but- mean i wasn't such an old soul i had a black and white tv when i was a kid nice. and i chose to watch the black and white tv i'd yeah. plug it into the cable and watch providence great job i can't find it anywhere though i tried to email nbc (laughs) (laughs) i'm not even kidding i did i loved it that much excuse Um, me can someone help me here i I customer service what's the problem it's such a good show (laughs) anyways um but mad about you came back and i actually got to work on the show meet paul riser watch helen hunt work which she's just a queen i've always been a super fan of hers um, so it was just such a Jesus moment to be able to like have like those full circle moments, yeah. like or like talking to Debbie Allen on Instagram Live, like potentially doing a show with her. Please and tell us, yes, please Jesus, tell us who Debbie Allen is. Uh, Debbie Allen is an actress, writer, producer, director. She directs a lot of Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Um, she got her start on the TV show Fame. If you remember that from Forever Fame? Now. Wait, yeah. like the was that a movie or TV show? It was show? a movie and a TV show. <gasps> I remember so Fame. Yeah, so she was the, the, one of the main dancer actresses on Fame, um, and she also uh, produced and wrote and directed for A Different World, which is like this sitcom yeah. set in HBCU. And yep. I've had an idea for a reboot about it. Yeah. For years. Wow. And I know that she's wanted to reboot it. Like wow. I've like been on like. Um, Jane the Virgin, she used to direct that. You were on Jane the Virgin? <laughs> they filmed a whole episode at my old place in Long Beach. Oh, really? I used to live in Long Beach in this really cool building. And, yeah, I mean, it was a whole production, girl. Like, I think I worked there. Oh, my gosh. That That's would not so surprise funny. me. Yeah. That would not, it was a beautiful building. Yeah. And it was totally Jane the Virgin. Yeah. I've I remember asking several them, times, like, actually. Excuse me. I'm like, what's this? What's this? <laughs> what's with you all know? of the... It was, like, a massive thing. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how to log money. 
because it was... ran for a while. Wow. Um, but I just remember, like, after... <laughs> I I did this to her, actually, at Jane the Virgin and Insecure. Just, like, saw her alone one day. And I was like, hey, and I, how's that A Different World reboot going? Like, nice. And she'd always be like, I'm trying. Like, you know, it's not happening or whatever. Um, and then, like, a couple of years ago, I had a great idea about it. And then I hadn't seen her anymore. Uh-huh. Um, and I was actually working. I tutor uh-huh. and i was remote proctoring an act exam and saw her get on instagram <laughs> so live and, and i just was like oh i'm just gonna check in in case she does a q a and i can like ask her about yeah. it and then she started bringing people on to the live like just calling them on and like talking to them um and i like waited for a while and then i was just like oh i'm just gonna get off and i felt god tell me to stay on wow she called two more people i was the last person she called the live i told her about like the different interactions we'd had with the different world in my id and she's like well send it to me like i'm so easy to reach and i was like okay wow and then she was like have you voted this is before the election yeah and i was like yeah and i did like this whole wonder woman campaign or yeah, whatever so cute and she's like that sounds awesome I'm like what's your instagram i'll go check it out out i looked horrible i just what? woken up oh. i was like i thought you were Wonder Woman. You were so oh no like on the call right. and i didn't even care because it was debbie allen yeah you're but, like i'm gonna like, get right over myself here in this literally moment. i like, even posted a picture of it and I don't, yeah <laughs> it did not look good but i don't even care because like i honestly think i just i i can feel shifts in the atmosphere mm. just like we we're talking about like god just like being like this ultimate chess player like i can yeah. feel moves being made wow and so i'm trying to like you know they, they say that success, success is when preparation meets opportunity yeah and i'm like i have this potential opportunity mm. i need to write this pilot because like on the off chance that she does like dm me or like I show up at her dance studio because I might do that. Um, I want to be prepared exactly. and ready for, like, you know, to take advantage, to, like, show God, like, I have faith enough that you're going to make things happen, so I'm going to do the work on my end so yep. that I can make you proud. Wow. Make you look good. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's go, God. Let's go. Let's do this. That is so amazing. Oh, my gosh. I just love your – I mean, I just feel like there's just so much success written all over you. I can't wait. Oh, I'm ex- I'm so honored to know you, and you've been such a blessing to me. Melissa has <laughs> – no, she has, y'all. Before – I feel like I want to tell this story. I, you know what story I'm going to tell? I mean, yeah. Okay. So, okay, y'all know this is like, because we're talking about healing, you know, and, and the inner healing of the artist. And obviously, Melissa talked about, you know, like her unraveling and her, her attempt at, you know, taking her life. And the Lord was like, yeah, we're not doing that. But okay. <laughs> um, he's like, yeah, nice try, but no. Um, you know, and, and just this deep healing journey that she's was on and, you know, has been coming back into who she really is. You know, I I told her, we talked about just the lie that God wasn't our protector, you know, and I think a lot of people deal with this kind of thing. And and I would say that came to a head for me when just like six months ago, like I'd already been through like kind of a hellish season and then like all my stuff gets stolen. Like, I'm just like, no, wait, what? No, wait, Lord, I'm 43 years old. You know, I was so like, I was pretty devastated. Just like, okay, what else do you want from my life, Lord? I feel like I've given up everything for you and now everything I own is gone. Like, I was so devastated. I did not know Melissa, y'all, okay? Like, we go to church together and, like, we'd been on a few, like, Zoom church calls together. And she reached out to me after she saw what happened and, you know, so sweet. And she's like... I didn't, you didn't even ask if there's anything I need. You just, I just like kind of went off. I was just like, I'm hurt or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, can I send you some money? And I was like, and I was broke. And I was like, of course, you know. And I, I, I was like, 
you know, thinking she was going to send me $50 and she Venmo's me $500. And I don't mean to embarrass you, but like, y'all don't understand. Like I had nothing, like I had nothing. And I was scared. I couldn't pay my bills. I was scared. Like it was like, I want to cry right now. I didn't even know this girl. And she sent, she Venmo's me this money. And it was just like, I, that was like, I can't even explain like how much of a, I don't even, I I can't, I have no words to be honest with you. I have no words. Like it was, it was like the biggest gift from a stranger. I didn't know this girl. Like this is who she is. I did not even know her and she did that for me. And that's just, I just want you guys to know that's who you're listening to right now. That's who's talking right now. That's who's going to produce these insane films. And like, you know what I mean? That we're all going to just be like watching her at the Grammys or whatever. Well, I don't even know which one it is. The Grammys, the Emmys, you know me, I don't really know, but um, but yeah, I just want you to know who she really is. She's um, someone who listens to God, someone who's been through a lot of hell and come out smelling like a rose. And yeah, oh so I just love her. She's so precious. I'm just so thankful. Hey, I'd love to wrap this up, Melissa, by you just praying, like pray over our listeners. You know, yeah. we don't know where they are. They might be people that want, that are trying to find their full voice, you know, like you've been doing yeah. recently. They might be people who who, you know, want to act, who, you know, who are stuck in the shoulds or, you know, whatever it is, like all the things we've talked about today, I'd love for you to just pray over them and bless them. And, uh, yeah. Now you made me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, it's real talk here. We talk about real stuff on this podcast. So, ah, you're so sweet. Mm. Thanks, Papa. (sighs) Papa, we just want to thank you. Everything begins and ends with you. You are the ultimate good, good father. And I just thank you so much. God, I just... I, I believe in your power power to supernaturally shift things. And I just pray for a supernatural shift in the lives of every single person under the sound of my voice. And every single person that this is sent to, whether they listen to it or not. God, I just pray... Um, a spiritual alignment, God, mm. um, a divine shifting, Lord. Oh, I just pray that, like, the sun peeks out onto the world every single morning, Lord, that you're just going to be renewing your great mercy and favor and grace over every listener, God, that the traumas of their past have no more effect. Mm-hmm. That in any unraveling that has taken place, Lord, is being replaced now with solid foundations and new building, God. I just pray for every person that you're wooing back to your heart, God. I pray for every person that feels like they can't keep going, that you will just instill them with new sense of purpose, God. Just with your love, to know that they're not alone, that the things that they've gone through are not unseen by you, Lord that you've seen and counted every tear and you care about each hair, each hurt, God. Even the people that are angry with you right now, Lord, I thank you for how you're just so lovingly attending to them and still orchestrating everything on their behalf for their good, Lord, because you see the whole picture, God. God, I thank you for an expanding of perspectives, Lord, that our eyes will shift from the temporary squares that we see to the full tapestry, Thank you for expanding visions, God. Thank you for expanding heart spaces, God. Thank you for um, completing healings, Lord. And thank you for just instilling hope, God. 
thank you that not only you are the God of all greatness, but you are the God of hope. You are the last and final word, Lord. No situation, no person, no hurt, um, no frustration is the last word, God, but you are. And you are God who loves us and wants us to prosper. So Lord, I just thank you in advance. I thank you for the healing. I thank you for their blessings. I thank you for the love in their lives. I thank you for husbands and wives and houses and cars and children and dreams realized and um, an overflowing of joy and peace. Because you can and you will. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh my gosh, this was so perfect, Melissa. Ah, so perfect. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. You're the most precious. Thanks you. Thanks guys for being with us and listening in and we will talk to you guys again next week. Bye.